0: Time to talk all things NFL. It's been a while since I've spoken to Laurie Horish from the ESPN. He's on the line right now. Morning, Loz. Great to be back on with you. Mate, let me ask you, does it feel like the official start of the summer, the first test? I know you love your cricket.
1: Yeah, it, it, there's something that's just ingrained if you're a sports fan in Australia growing up. If if not the first test, uh, the first time that, um, that you get the all clear from the parents to hammer some stumps into the backyard or the front yard, whatever you're working with there, and send a few down that maybe that's maybe that's more spring because we probably couldn't uh. wait properly till summer to get back going that was probably as soon as as soon as the school uniforms change you know you switch from the winter to the summer uh you are allowed yep. to start donning shorts again that's probably when the uh when the backyard cricket uh starts but yes, yeah, first test that is the official start of summer and uh and i challenge anyone that has been brought up in this country loving sport um to uh, to, to find a better in- definition
0: in the spring, for me, it's always when you know the the and green keepers start to core the greens. It's around about springtime, sure. and they do it with the oh yeah, it's horrible. Give me a discount for that, uh, Mate, yes, well, In the as NFL, a, as a Moorpark
1: as, uh, as a more Park junior, I can say that as a more Park junior, I definitely uh, got the uh, the core the green coring uh, was a regular feature there back in the uh, in the two thousands with how many people just, used to plough through that golf club. Some of your
0: putts probably went in because they zigzagged all the way through. Okay, let's talk oh, yeah. NFL. Another weekend full of upsets and controversy, that 30-point half from the Jets. But you know, if you look at the playoff picture, Laurie, it's, it's clear as mud, I think, at the moment with four rounds to go. Injury is always a, a big part, as you know, but we've seen some of these replacement QBs stand out. You think of Joe Flacco, Jake Browning for the Bengals. Is there a team or two who maybe you'd written off for the season and you think, oh, hang on, we, they might be a sneaky playoff chance here?
1: I think the Browns, by the virtue of having eight wins already, they are in such a great position. The strength of that team has been that defense, and unfortunately, they had another couple of injuries pop up this week. They've had, you know, some key figures missing at different levels of of that of that defensive unit at different times of missed time. With particularly, I think of cornerback like Denzel Ward, and now they've had uh, safety Grant Delpit as well. as Some uh, defensive pressure up front with Ocaronko, um, land themselves on the injury list, so that's. That's something that hits at the strength. but I mean, it, it's amazing to see you know Joe Flacco come out there and provide them professional quarterback play. And in a year, as you mentioned, with so many quarterback injuries and so many backups out there, that even Joe Flacco, you know, off the uh, off the couch and and a little bit time, uh, a little bit of time away from the game, um, and certainly in a starting capacity, can come in um, and and make a run. And I think, look, if you're saying on that AFC side of things. I still think, and they were a meme, they were a punching bag earlier in the season, but the Denver Broncos still have it in front of them to make a run here. Um, I think they don't. They they like to. Whether you, <laughs> I was having this conversation last night. You can either discuss the Denver, Denver Broncos as they uh, they drag you down into the mud and get into a gritty grindy, you know, let's run the ball a million times, low scoring affair, and we'll chuck it up a couple of times to Cortland Sutton and, and see if we can emerge, or the nicer way to put it. However, you know they take you into the deep waters of good, tough football and see if you can hang. But considering what the Denver Broncos' schedule is the rest of the way, they get the reeling, the reeling uh, Detroit Lions next up, a team that is really struggling to play any semblance of a quality defense. Then they get the Patriots, they get the Chargers, which will sound like it'll be Easton Stick or a. Uh, we'll see if it's another backup quarterback that'll be with the Chargers there, because you've got Justin Herbert uh, with the finger injury, putting him on injured reserve and in finishing his season, and then they close with the Raiders. So that is four very winnable games uh, for the Denver Broncos. They're currently sitting at seven and six, and I think if they can they can get to ten wins, I think they're in a great spot. If they can. It's not out of. I, I would be picking them to win as favorites in each of those games down the stretch. It's not out of the, reckon, uh, the reckoning that they could get to 11 wins, so that's one on the AFC where it is uh, particularly muddy that they jump out as a team. That yeah, earlier in the season, absolute you know your know, punchlines and punching bags for, for oh, Sean yeah. Payton and Russell Wilson, but I think that's changed quite a bit. And then big missed opportunity for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mentioned the Lions earlier with their loss to the New York uh, Giants. The Minnesota Vikings get two bites at the uh, two bites at the lines down the stretch as well, if they can cause some chaos there. Um, and, uh, and who knows? Maybe cause a couple of upsets in the in the span of a couple of weeks, they can turn that NFC North race entirely upside down too.
0: The big con- controversy of the weekend: that offside call against Kadarius Tony for the Chiefs against the Bills uh, cost us one of the great NFL touchdown plays, and it sent, of course, the rather saintly Patrick Mahomes over the edge. He since apologized,
1: Mahomes. But uh,
0: how did you see that play?
1: One, it was definitely offside He was. So far into and over the neutral zone, um, I saw a reference that the uh, the Buffalo Bills could have been accused of having 12 men on the field. That Tony was that far on the other side of one mm-hmm. scrimmage. Uh, there's the Pruder film out there uh, of people claiming that they can see uh, the the Tony reference to the sideline and check with the official by waving his hand. I'd just like to say that that's not necessarily a check one because it doesn't show that the referee actually acknowledged him and said the sideline official said, "Oh yeah, you're in line, you're fine, you're onside. It can actually be them just putting their hand up, saying, hey, I'm the on-ball receiver, which is a certain receiver lined up in a certain part of the formation. Um, And Tony had done this repeatedly. Dan Oloski highlighted that he had been lined up offside repeatedly throughout that game and that he wasn't checking uh, with the sideline official. You can see, if people are wondering what that looks like, you ever see a wide receiver out near the sideline, far away from the ball, look across at at the official, kind of extend his arm even and kind of point and try to almost level himself up because it can be hard to tell when you're 20 yards away, when you're over near the sideline, Jesus, is my, you know, is my toe in front of the ball? Am I in the neutral zone? So look, I think it was absolutely a flag. It's something the referees have been looking in on and, and emphasizing more this season. And I think the frustration we saw from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, honestly, I think sincerely that was, I think that's a lot of displaced frustration. They're not going to throw Tony under the bus publicly. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to throw his wide receivers under the bus publicly. I don't think he, I think he absolutely could have handled it better and, and, Scenes there, particularly with Josh Allen, you know, their embrace at half at the halfway at the end of the game, meeting at midfield, and kind of that usual exchange we see between quarterbacks. Having that being an environment where Patrick Mahomes says, "Oh, you know how bad was that? Essentially, how bad was that offensive offside call?" Don't think that's the place. I don't think that was a great look. Huge fan of Patrick Mahomes. Never seen anyone play quarterback position at the level and the way that he does. Um, he's the greatest I've seen in you know seen play live. Um, that's for for certain. But. Uh, it, it was a tough look. I think it's a culmination of a lot of frustration with the wide receiving core that is the league leaders in drops this season, and their failure to add more stability at the pass-catching position still remains a massive ceiling um, for a very, very talented team. It was evident in Week 1 against Detroit, evident in Week 14 against Buffalo.
0: Okay, I want to get a word on your Cowboys. Statement went over the Eagles, Laurie, didn't score an offensive touchdown. Now, top of the NFC South, a uh, harder schedule to finish the season, but they're they're firing at the moment. Dax, the new MVP, equal favourite. How excited are you getting now? Or or will it depend on whether they can jag the number one seed in the NFC? Look, I think the fact that
1: you are putting to rest all these arguments that kept coming up, right? Oh, who have you beaten? Oh, you haven't beaten anyone with the winning record. Then you beat the, the Seahawks who have a winning record when they start the game but not the end of the game. Oh, you still haven't beat anybody with a winning record. Okay, you go and beat the Eagles. I think it's just part of... Part of the Cowboys playing more consistent football. Dak Prescott playing exceptional football. He's deservedly up there at the top of the MVP discussion. For me, I'd have that discussion. I'm sorry to Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill fans, but we've seen how voters Mm -hmm. lean towards the quarterback position. It's not most outstanding player. If I was starting a league, I'd use the O word, not the V word for valuable, uh, because valuable is such a loaded phrase. Um, It is the most valuable player. If we're talking quarterbacks, I think we're talking about... uh, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott at the Dak Prescott at the top there, Lamar Jackson and Brock Ferdy would be in the conversation for me, particularly with the way the Dolphins were upset um, on Monday Night Football as well. But look, this is a team playing complementary football. Dak is reading the game very well. He's delivering aggressively. They're getting the ball out quick and still attacking downfield. They exposed some things that had been um, showing up for the Eagles' defense, the spine of the Eagles' defense, the secondary of the Eagles' defense. These are not strong points. Um, and the better offenses are able, and, and even some of the some of the less consistent offenses are able to create chunk plays and consistently move the ball. But what you mentioned there, tough run home. The Cowboys are going to have to keep proving it the rest of the way. Up against the Buffalo Bills this week, up against the Minnesota, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins next week, and then the Lions, who are still potent on offense, struggling on defense. They have to keep proving it. And even if they win out, if the Eagles get themselves back on schedule with the with the comfortable run home, uh, that at least on paper the Philadelphia Eagles have. If both teams win out. The Eagles will actually retake the NFC East lead. For the Cowboys, all that, some of that is out of their control. What is in their control is continuing to play dominant, consistent football. And uh, what is uh, what looms large is still the boogeyman, though, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, before we let you go, obviously
0: you would have seen that Rugby League are trying to make a foray into the US market, and there. They were halftime. Invaluable exposure. They had Aaron Woods and Campbell Graham chatting to, to Fox Sports. It's a shame, though, Laurie, that it was halftime during a game between the Raiders and the Vikings, which has been billed by many as the worst game of all time,
1: 3-0. Perhaps more appropriate if we'd had, you know, some soccer players or, you know, the world yeah. game football version of players with a scoreline like 3-0. It was horrible. Yeah, look, Unfortunately, like we, you mentioned off the top, we talked about the state of backup quarterbacks being so prominent this season. with So many quarterback injuries has led to some pretty rough offensive football Adding into the fact that this has been a very good year for defensive football, this has been the year uh, when we look back, who knows what the playoffs have in store for us or the run towards the playoffs over the next month. But when we look back so far through more than three quarters of the regular season, I think one of the stories of this season is defense bit back this year. Defensive coordinators and defensive scheme designers and defensive players as well deserve credit for getting more creative, more aggressive, more confusing. And whilst it feels like it's been 10, 15, 20 years of offense dictating football in the NFL, this felt like a year where defense bit back. Couple that with a whole lot of quarterback injuries, and, yep, the old 3-0 is going to come up time, (laughs) uh, you know, every now and then. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, that was uh, not an enticing uh, spectacle, uh, but it certainly was one that you couldn't keep your eyes off um, as you watch it wind down and the clock tick down. Yeah, they were cheering. All right, mate, great to
0: chat as always. We'll catch you soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks. And there he's Laurie Horris from ESPN 0457736736. My phone box is going haywire here at the moment. We'll take another break on summer mornings. We'll reset. and Back with plenty more.